Welcome back to The Lounge. It's always a pleasure to learn about new technologies and new ways that can benefit our well-being. And it's my pleasure to have Robbie Johnson here, who is going to tell me about HawkScore and the workplace issues that it's able to address. Welcome to The Lounge, Robbie. Thanks for having me, Audrey. It's a great pleasure to chat with you about this approach to improving our well-being in the workplace. Tell me about HawkScore and tell me what you're working to achieve with it, please. Yeah, so I mean, we're trying to help people live a better quality of life for longer. Um, The way in which we do that is through first helping people at an individual level understand their own health and ways to improve it. Secondly, looking at communities and groups of people. Um, probably the workplace uh, is the most uh, is the great has the greatest need, and helping them to learn as a community as well. So, what it truly is is a tool to better understand you, and then an education platform uh, that's integrated an individual and also at a community level to make those changes. The way in which we realise that is creating this health score, much like a credit score and really giving you that true visualization of what your health means for you. I really like this idea because we already have an understanding of a credit score and what that means for us. And to use that same mechanic, as it were, that same model really helps us engage with this health score right away. Now, how does this accessibility have you found has it has it helped people so they kind of go onto the app and they understand straight away or this is where I'm struggling these are the areas I need to improve how does that improve them almost immediately so I think we so we launched this at the beginning of 2023 we uh, developed a piece of software which allows someone to go online complete around a seven minute survey all self-reported data um, and that provides them with an instantaneous Score And really the way that we got there was originally um, myself and a couple of my co-founders, we were working at a, in a boutique personal training studio throughout the pandemic. And people came looking to us for support for their teams. Um, and we ended up piloting, providing wearable technology to a team. And the question that came back was, <clears throat> why am I red? Or why, why is my sleep poor? I thought I slept well. And ultimately, people have goals and things they aspirations for their physical, um, mental, emotional health. But one of the things that came back was, but why is this not what I thought it was? And that's what led us to then developing our own score was we realized that creating a a score, something familiar like a credit score, is the key that unlocks the conversation and the conversation is where you then truly truly are able to have meaningful impact but if you can get into that conversation that was the key part for us that's so important and we don't realize that because I think you've put the finger on some of the issues that I've had with other technologies in the past where I've kind of looked at a watch or a phone and gone I didn't understand what's going on here so I I think that's a very clever way of doing it very uh, important way of doing it actually another great part of HawkScore is it links and helps individuals and communities as you say so corporations in the workplace but groups of people as well and I really think that's important it's not just about the individual making the change it's about the community making the change around them so 
how do you support the community as a whole? You've got the individual using the credit score, the individual the credit score, the Hawk score, um, and using that. How does the corporation or the community come into it? So I think with all, and one of the reasons we developed this, um, I did some research when doing um, part-time masters masters in how, um, and one of the things that came up was the understanding for an organization of their return on investment in well-being programs they didn't that it was something everyone wanted but couldn't have and ultimately that's what we wanted hawk the health and wellness quotient to to be for them now what that did for us was it, it allowed us to think okay what what's going on in this area what's and what's happening um with the current uh offerings which are out there and there are some fantastic well-being solutions um you know and whether it's mindfulness apps whether it is wearable technology is a fantastic tool um and some great apps that create community uh and active raise activity levels but what we realize is everyone wants something different and from an individual point of view it's truly about understanding what's important to me and um user rates of corporate well-being programs are you know traditionally poor whether people have a, a gym subscription service added in whether they have uh, health insurance these things are then oh we've fixed our well-being pro- uh, provide um, offering um so it was okay what do we do well let's treat the individual first because that's ultimately who wants the support um but then we know not everyone wants to have a health score or a, you know, a credit score for their health. They find it intimidating. Um, the first part, as I already said, was online. The second part that we do is an in-person health assessment. So we either invite them into some locations that um, we have in affiliation uh, with another business, or alternatively, we turn up at the office with a bike and with some testing equipment. And for some people, that encourages them to participate. And often what we found was, we went in for one day and we ended up staying for three or four because people saw it and wanted to do it. But there was also people who were immediately turned off by what we did um, because they like, well, I know I smoke, I drink and I don't want to exercise. And, and that's ultimately something we're not trying to change. But we then support people with that individual uh, journey on the back of their Hawk score. But we also have this community insight. So we break down our five pillars of mind, body, sleep, nutrition, and movement. And out of your Hawk score, we're able to then understand which pillar <clears throat> is uh, requires the most attention. And we're able to do that across the community. So one thing that we ask for the from management is that, and what we've successfully done in one case study, is integrate within their productivity channel. So Slack is the way in which the FinTech that we worked with manages their workflows, communicate with their staff. They have a well-being thread. And we're very conscious that we don't want to um, bombard unnecessarily, but we agreed a frequency with management and we post in there twice a week around things that we know matter to them as a community. Um, So no matter if you're engaged with us at an individual level, you're benefiting from um, content which is prescribed for the community and we're able to support them at community community level digitally. As well as that, We've got a couple of other, what I call, intervention strategies, um, which is we do some events. So in-person events help. So we have, one of the things we'll assess is cognitive function. Uh, we use some 
um, validated psychometric assessments, which are in a game format. And people who maybe, you know, like, oh, well, I don't want to test my fitness. We're like, well, you know, let's have, let's see what your mental agility like is like, your attention span, your short-term memory. And that will, when we go in with some low or no alcohol beers, and we'll provide an event around this. So people are able to get competitive <clears throat> in a healthy way if they want to engage, which isn't about how many push-ups I can do or how, many, how far I ran at the weekend, which often uh, detracts from people. And then lastly, we source external experts to do what we call lunch and learns, which are 45 minutes once every month, uh, every other month, sorry. Um, it's put into everyone in the team's calendar. Uh, they project it in the office on a big screen so people gather around and have a, you know, their lunch. Or you can, from a hybrid working environment, they're able to dial in. And we've had some sleep coaches explain sleep hygiene, good bedtime routines, We've had um, nutritionists come and talk, explain about macronutrients and energy balance. Um, we've also brought in a women's health uh, specialist who talked about pelvic health um, for men and women, which was which was great because they were talking about things at work that they'd never spoken about before. And one, um, the CEO of our case study, even before we um, even before we published our results, had really got stuck in just after the first couple of events we've done, said, I can hear people at the water fountain talking about how much sleep they got. Before it was, oh, I only managed to get four, four hours of sleep last night. You know, I was doing this, I was doing that. And it was almost seen as a badge of honor. Of, oh, I'm at work and I'm tired and I'm powering through. Now people are, were talking about, you know, I actually got eight and a half hours last night and I feel great. And people were encouraged to voice that. And it changed a narrative. And he loved hearing that. I think that's fabulous. You've you've touched on a number of different things here, which the workplace and communities need. The first is the point about changing the narrative, talking about good mental health or mental health as the yeah. thing to aim for, as opposed to mental health, sometimes meaning mental ill health. So yeah. I think that's, that's really important. That's something that you're doing there, which I love. The other thing that you're doing is collectively you're using the data to then feed back to the organization if if i'm right yeah. in in what what you've been saying and that helps because that way you're dealing with oh there's so many well-being interventions but no one's actually using them because you're understanding exactly what people are looking for and being able to deliver that which is absolutely brilliant that answers two big questions that the workplace tends to have now if i'm really now engaged with this and really want to want to do this how might i introduce this into my workplace and i might sit there and kind of go well i'm not very good with technology you're talking about gamification i is this something else i'm going to have to learn what how do we do that what's the process of, of signing up yeah so for, for us it's um <clears throat> we, we want to take we want to it's it's an interesting process because we want to do two things we want to take some of the stress off implementing a new program from an HR manager or an office manager, um, people in these administrative roles, we don't want to add complexity. But that being said, we want to have a supportive management structure behind what we're trying to do, because we're, we're not going to tell people to work less hours. We're not going to tell people to not reply to emails after a certain time. That's not what this is. But what we want is collective buy-in and if we have if we can generate the buy-in from you know all of the employees and that's our responsibility we ask for the management team and however that's structured to be positively engaged with us but what we'll do to start 
it's an online journey. So whether you have an in-office or a hybrid or you know, a completely remote team, we'd start off with a webinar like this. We'd introduce ourselves, what we're here to do. We're not here to find out how unhealthy you are and report it back to the CEO. Everything we do is completely anonymous or anonymized, so they never know the details. But we need your consent and your buy-in to what we're trying to do because the your your senior leadership team have agreed they want to put an emphasis on well-being and we're here to go on that journey with you so we have an introductory call explain who we are and then we'd send people the um, ability to do their online health assessment and then from there we would then book in testing days a week of testing we'd take a spare you know off one of the side offices in a in a block and we come and hang out for a, a week uh, people could book in for their in-person health assessment, um, come and get a healthy snack, come and have a coffee, come and chat with us about anything. So it's kind of an open forum as well. And what we then do is start our individual work because our individual work really then informs what we do with the team. So everyone who goes through the Hawk score process has a debrief with a coach. This coach um, will talk about their score, what it means to them, start understanding what's going on in their personal lives start understanding what their goals and aspirations are and start to merge it together. Then depending on the level of service we have, we would then maybe have a fortnightly or monthly half an hour check-in. Hey, how's it going with your exercise, your nutrition? You told me you were wanting to stop watching Netflix post 10 p.m. at night. Come on, how's that going? So a bit of accountability and a, and a human face to talk that through. Some people want to engage on that um, through a messaging function, we're able to sort that out as well. So it doesn't have to be a video call every time. Um, and then once we've built this picture, we've got the data, we then start our community level um, strategy. And that's again, where we then come to the manager and say, hey, this is what we found. This is what we want to do. Do you want to give us thumbs up or do you want to add in, well, actually you might have uh, already a well-being event, like you know, mental health awareness day, something, do you want us to coincide this topic with that? So we work with them and build a strategy. They can either choose to really engage or just let us do our thing. And then all we ask is for their support in getting a few dates in the calendar. The strategy part is really significant because you're talking about being able to make tangible changes to the system. And, and I like how you say they can buy in as much as they need to because I do know that there is a struggle with getting organizations sometimes to to fully endorse or support something but the way you're talking and the way that you implement what you do it kind of reminds me of of a more robust health and safety approach to to work so you've what I find as a psychologist uh, and it, in a school, for example, something will happen. People, pupils will be getting really stressed and the school will say it was OK. We'll just go and talk to the psychologist about it and you can just build up your resilience and then that's fine. But that doesn't actually change the school system and the pressure that students are being put under. But what you're doing here is doing a more... Uh, organizational wide approach you're looking at the individual you're getting all of that data and you're saying to the organization look this is what we're finding we can build on to what you're doing yeah. but this is what people want and and I think that's that's fantastic how much more 
do you need from corporates? I mean, I know that's great and you're making that difference, but how do you really get in there and say to people, look, this is this is the important part. This is the system changing that's important. It's really interesting. Um, and you, I mean, you used a couple of words um, there that, you know, I was going to bring up preventative and resilience. Um, and it's it's a few things that come up and there are now, there are so many wonderful wellbeing offerings and the amount of organisations, you know, that I've, for example, tried to have a conversation with, oh, we've got our own, um, you know, mental health practitioners, we, we don't need anything. And it's like, well, um, th- that doesn't necessarily mean that you're truly having that impact. I, I don't want to... You know, there, there is so much research and so much came out during the pandemic around burnout and how it's a multifaceted, um, you know, it's problem um, that people have with why they don't come to work. You know, the most sick days, the reasons other than short illnesses are, are actually musculoskeletal conditions, lower back pain. Um, then it's mental health. Uh, conditions which they're talking about and they're sharing which a lot of them they're not because it's for a lot of people it's about balance and how do we create this resilience and um, and again this preventative approach to pressure to stress to what's going on in your personal life and you know you can't you know sometimes it becomes too much and you need to seek the help of you know a, a mental health specialist a, um, a psychologist um, a therapist whatever it is um, for that given situation as well sometimes you need to see a GP but a lot of people don't realize when and that's where what we do um, and what we try to do is we're not trying to be any of those things and we're truly upfront about that our backgrounds are um, working in the health and fitness industry we have a bit of a unique difference where we come from a sports science background so a lot of what we do is looking at science, large population uh, studies, trying to understand the bigger picture. But then also some of us have specialists uh, in nutrition, in in breath work. And, you know, we've found that if you provide people with routine, with accountability and support around these pillars, the the prevalence of the mental health conditions or the stress or ability to be more resilient increases. Um, that's not always the case, and it's certainly a case-by-case uh, scenario. And the last thing I'll say is something that we haven't really had the opportunity to do yet is we want to work with an or- with organisations which already have these solutions because what we want to be is the signpost. We don't want to compete with, you know, the mental health practitioners. We don't want to compete with a Headspace app or with a ClassPass subscription. We want to say, what's your current utilisation? We'll improve it. We'll increase it. We'll make sure that if you're paying for these uh, services for your employees, let's help drive them to the services that they need. Um, because if they've got high blood pressure, um, high blood, uh, fasted blood glucose, we can make recommendations for exercise and nutrition. But at the same time, you need to go and see your GP because there could be an underlying health condition. And we've done that, you know, on a, on a few occasions um, and found that there wasn't something. So it was lifestyle changes. But we have to make that and we need to know where to sign those. You've really encapsulated a massive gap that is facing organisations. And that is when do people look for help? Yeah. And yeah. 
related to that then because you you have said your background is in physical fitness sports science and so you're used to working with large populations large lots of research data there is a huge an explicit link between mental health and physical health and probably in the way of managing it and yet in some ways with physical health I might look in the mirror and go oh probably need to go back to the gym a bit more and and get that fitness back and that might give me the prompt to do it but with mental health I might kind of sit there and go oh I can just I can take another late night I'll be able to do it how does that explicit link help your work because I, I you've already said you you are bridging that gap brilliantly yeah. but I think that explicit link is so important and I think it's completely down to the individual isn't it I mean um you know some people uh, and then this is where it's the, this area of the industry is developing rapidly whether it is ice baths cryotherapy you know cold water immersion therapy um breath work these are things now which most people have heard of and and understand how that can improve your recovery from a physical performance but also um from a from a mental health point of view um, i think you know the amount of people i don't know the percentages swimming in public lidos now is it's incredible and that one of the number one reasons is the cold water um you know and this is and, and this is you know fantastic that it's there i think for me Largely, as I said, it's it's the individual nature of it, and it's understanding what works for you. You know, if if I I feel good because I get up at five a.m. and go to the gym by six o'clock, that really for me might that feeds me, that gives me energy. It, it's what drives me, and I love that. Some other people, that's a living nightmare, and it will make them unhappy. And and that's where you can listen to podcasts and you can read articles and flick through social media and get all these wonderful ideas of things to do. But who creates that strategy? And for a lot of people, they really struggle to create that strategy and just having someone to speak out loud to suddenly that strategy, they discover it's flawed or it crystallizes certain parts. And that's ultimately what it is. A, a personal trainer doesn't change the life of um, their clients. Their clients make the changes. The personal trainer guides them. You go to a fitness class again. There becomes maybe a community and a and a culture, and you know, there's that sense of I need to be there each morning because that's what makes me feel good before my flight or business meeting or a long journey or the day at the office. It's always that individual point, but what it, it, it comes down to is it's, it's my personal feeling about the decision I made to make myself healthier. And yeah, I think that's a completely personal decision. And sometimes having someone to discuss it with is the best thing. Yeah. The strategy is absolutely key. Well, I, I now want to go and see what I can do on your website. So how do we find out more? Where can we maybe try anything out or, or get some extra information if we want to implement um, Hawks score. Yeah. So um, we actually, we, we have a B to C offering as well. Um, what's phenomenal at the moment is a lot of people are reading Peter Atiyah's uh, books and listening to Huberman around longevity, how to live that better quality of life and find that balance. So people are looking into VO2 max testing. One of the key parts that we do in a Hawk assessment is a VO2 max test. So 
people have been coming to us um, through Stone, which is one of the personal training studios that we're Hawk is affiliated with. And there at Stone London, they can do the Hawk assessment or a VO2 assessment. So that's a way that someone can come and get an overall picture of their well-being. They don't need a personal trainer. It's just someone to talk them through what their health means. And that's something we really want to do. From a corporate point of view at Hawk, we're currently, you know, it's been our first year. We've just completed our first six-month case study and we've helped. Um, some of the things we managed to do is reduce systolic and diastolic blood pressure. We decreased um, resting heart rate by nearly 10 beats per minute on average across the population and also reduced waist circumference. These are not things that we did. It was just having helping people with their strategies. Um, so we're currently looking for our next corporate partner. Um, so again, that that that's our next challenge as we aim to grow. We've had a great initial um, pickup with what we're doing. We're continuing to work with our first partner. We're just looking to grow and develop now. Amazing. And um, what's your website so we can direct um, people there? So hawkscore.com uh, will be where you can find us um, from a corporate point of view or stonelondon.com where you can do it from an individual point of view. Amazing. Thank you so much, Robbie. It's been fascinating to speak with you. And that point about helping navigate our own strategy to health and wellness is yes. absolutely key. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.